Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Stop. Hello and welcome to the AI Movie Night. If you're expecting the dulcet tones of Joe Simpson, you'll be sadly disappointed, but hopefully you stick with me. I am your new host of this podcast, Rory Greenfield. You might have heard me on this before because I've I've done ridiculous amount of pods on this. So I've done the Blade Runner and Shawshank and Bourne Trilogy and I don't know, anything I basically was allowed to do. Um, and I'm also co-host of the AI Comic Pod. Um, Joe sadly is unable to do these duties anymore, so I'm going to be your permanent host moving forward. Um, be slightly different approach to, to what Joe did, but um, you know, simply kind of out of respect of, of what he did before. Um, he'll be on on occasion, which I'll really appreciate. And yeah, just you know, appreciate your feedback and 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 the kind of uh, love and respect that, that Joe's kind of gained on this pod over the over the years of doing it. Um, I've got two excellent guests. I've got a hell of an excellent topic this evening, so we're pretty excited to get started on this. Um, first uh, is a guy I've spoken to a couple of times. Um, we'll be quite regular on this podcast. It's Luke Chandley. How are you doing? Hello there. Yeah, doing quite well. Thank you very much. I'm um, looking forward to getting stuck in. I've been spent, I'm going to say, uh, I think it was half two when I started watching a uh, Fincher recap this afternoon and I finished nice. five minutes before nine. So, uh, nice. and it's 12 that's, past nine now. So it is. Yeah. I had, uh, yeah, I didn't have much of a tea just so I could watch telly. So, uh, yeah, I'm all, uh, sacrificing your tea for this. That's, yeah. that's a big thing, man. That's a big thing. It just means I can have a big tea later, but, um, yeah, I've been swapping up today, so I'm really. <laughs> That's the only reason. See you later on. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we last yeah. last talked when we did Baby Driver actually on this podcast, which was was really good. Um, yeah, Edgar Wright's a guy that I might come back and revisit and do some some of the kind of format that we're going to do on on tonight's as well in the future. So, also joining me, uh, you may know him from his wonderful tw- Twitter handle, Hefty Horse. It's a guy who's regular on, on the box and has been on yeah, a comic pod. It's Simon Dowling. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. I have also spent my day watching Fincher films. So Jesus, I'm, uh, guys. Will you guys get a job like me I did. and just make me feel jealous <laughs> anymore? <laughs> I did eat my food as as I was watching a pretty nasty scene in um, 
girl with the dragon tattoo so i don't recommend i don't recommend not the bad scene just when they were having a look at a few uh pictures but um so yeah no the the particular scene in that (laughs) film which made me no that's not something you want to be sucking into your your tea especially if it's like a hot dog or something yeah i don't think finch is a director where you really fancy eating (laughs) <laughs> you know, anything that might make you feel a little bit queasy on one stage or another. Um, he has a has a kind of history of, of showing it as it is kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, doing this podcast is 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 a big honour and a big pleasure because if anyone knows me from AI Comic Pod or, or this or from Twitter, um, I talk films quite a lot. It's kind of been my passion since I was little. Um and I have a massive deep regret for not getting into to doing film production and, and various, and I do a little bit of writing here and there and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's just a big passion of mine. And, and from my perspective, um, and people that do listen to Comic Pod know I do talk about cinematography and production and direction. Uh, I'm not as far as going on about lenses and lighting and shit, but I, you know, I like to focus on more than just just the acting and the and the scenes and the action and all that kind of jazz. So, yeah, it's it's a big thing for me. Um, Fincher as a as a topic choice. To be honest, I, I couldn't think of anyone better to to kick off. Really, he hands down is my my favourite director by quite a significant margin, and um, mainly because his his count of films that I adore is is ridiculous. So. If you look at his credits on IMDb, he's got about 84, 88 kind of hits, but mainly, and a lot of that is because he did music videos for years. So he's produced music videos for Michael Jackson and Madonna and all those kind of types until he went off to do films. Um, the films that I love, uh, and there's quite a lot, to be honest, and, and there isn't a film of his I've ever watched and not enjoyed elements of it. Um, you know, I don't think he's made a bad film as such, but... Um, Seven back in '95, um, the game in '97, Fight Club '99, and then Panic Room 2002, a little bit less so. Zodiac, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Social Network, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. He's obviously involved in the House of Cards quite heavily, um, in the direction and the kind of you know getting that off the ground, uh, and Gone Girl, and then most recently is a TV project Mindhunter, which is incredible. And also, just a side note, we are going to be doing it on the box on Mindhunter next week with gags, and um, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, those films to me, I mean, it's one list after another with just knockout hits, really. Um, what we're going to do this evening is kind of talk about our favourites, um, and it's quite hard to do, especially for me to nominate one film and just stick with that. If we decide to get into a lot of discussion, then we might end up making this a double header and we'll see where we go with it. Um, I've got Tarantino lined up at some stage and that's going to be ridiculously long. So um, it's hard when you talk about these kind of films because there's a lot to talk about. Um, I'll kick off with you, Luke. Um, you've debated long and hard about your favourite film. Uh, what is it you've actually decided upon? Yeah, so I um, was talking to you earlier, wasn't I, about what I was going to yeah. choose. Um, and it was initially, straight off the bat, it was um, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Uh, but I, thinking about it, I've actually changed my um, changed my opinion, I think. And I've gone for the social network. Um, I 
the reason I chose it was actually because when I first heard, I think, I think without knowing too much about it when it first came out, um, I think yeah. it was two thousand. I don't remember. Was it two thousand eleven? Maybe, maybe a little earlier. Um, yeah. I I just heard of it, and I think maybe it was like an Empire tweet or something. That was basically the Facebook movie, which sounds like a fucking nightmare to me. Um, <laughs> Like you hear of like the emoji you know, you movie, the, the Facebook state, you movie. Imagine the state of a Twitter movie. Honestly, what would that oh, be? It, it would be carnage. Mate, that'd be carnage. So essentially, that's what I thought it was. It was just like uh, like various like racist family members. But uh, no, it turned out to be pretty good. <laughs> no. uh, so yeah, I chose that, and and that's kind of the reason. So I I, I went into it very very negative. In fact, yeah. so much so that I was kind of like. You know what? I'm not gonna. I don't think I'm gonna watch this film. Um, and then you kind of hear Finch is attached to it, and then you think, you either think it's going to be excellent or he's dropped an absolute clanger. But to be honest with you, he kind of doesn't really drop clangers, does he? Um, in no, general, I think he's um, fairly safe pair of hands. I yeah, yeah. I, you know, even the films, like I said before, even the films, yeah, that aren't quite up to the the, the really high standard. I don't. I can see why he's made them. I, I don't. Yeah. He doesn't do anything. You know, he doesn't need the work. It doesn't feel like he does the productions and, and picks the script that he really wants to um, wants to make. And he's he's quite choosing, quite picky about things. And you can tell. I mean, I just for my I I watched this like the day or even a week before it came out on some kind of secret screening thing. And and I'd known about it. I, it was quite a bit of hype around it. Um, I'd liked Jesse Eisenberg at that time, so I was kind of following his career because he'd done Zombieland and Adventureland quite recently before that um and i really liked him and i knew aaron sorkin was doing the script who famously did the west wing um script so i thought good script great director it's going to be quite interesting and and for me the reason i was quite excited because although facebook is what it is i, I knew it was about the, the slightly controversial elements about how it was set up and yeah um and I kind of thought that might be quite interesting and actually turned out, I think it's incredible. I, I think it's quite a pioneering film because it's related to modern society. And I think there's not many films, although it's not directly about adding friends and all that jazz, but it is about how one person could have made such an incredible difference to the kind of social element and world we live in, really. Do you know what I mean? It's, you know, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if Facebook existed, maybe something else would, but I think the whole thing around Mark Zuckerberg was making it perfect. You know what I mean? It never crashed. You know what I mean? It was, it was, yeah. it was meticulous, you know? Yeah. And it was ruthless, which, uh, which excited me. Um, just coming back to you, Luke. So when you watched it, what was your kind of initial reaction? Um, yeah. So I, um, when I first watched the film, um, as I said, I was quite, quite unsure about it. Um, but I think this, the, it's the first scene that, that hits you straight off the bat. Um, I think it's quite quick, the interchange between um, Eisenberg's character, obviously uh, Mark Zuckerberg and his partner. Yeah. Um, and you kind of get you kind of get a vibe where you get a feel for the for Zuckerberg's character and you think this, this guy is a bit a bit of an arse. But then as you go into the film, <laughs> I think that's basically what they're trying to get across initially. Um, but as you go yeah. into the film, you find out that there's, it, it's a little more complicated than that and and I think the um, the root of his problems is probably like an insecurity, which you find out kind of up until like the very end, the very end scene, essentially. Um, and I just thought it was so slick. I thought the whole um, from the production to just absolutely everything to do with it felt very 
modern in a way that Facebook is, like you say, for like a modern yeah. society. Um, yeah, but I loved it. I, I mean, I, I absolutely scene, loved it. Man. Yeah, that first yeah. thing you're right. It's it's kind of the the it's the game setter, and it's it's also the kind of game changer really in the whole whole dynamic because the whole dynamic of that film centers around the start and the beginning where he ultimately adds her as a, a requests her as a friend on Facebook. He's he's one of the richest men in the world, and he's <laughs> there sweating over whether this girl have forgiven him for being a dickhead at the beginning of the film. So. <laughs> You know, yeah. it, it, it is about that. You're right. It's his social insecurity as much as anything else. But that whole evening scene. So I'd, have you both been to uni? I don't know if it means yeah. you have to yeah, have been. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah. You, you, know, you, you know, when you first kind of, you have those, like, uh, you two might do it now, but I've got kids and I need to sleep occasionally. Um, <laughs> but you have those kind of wild nights and you just kind of buzz in and you're up all night and you, you know, for him, and for a kind of Harvard dorm room, it's him blogging <laughs> and simultaneously <laughs> doing an algorithm and producing a, a format for what is hot or not. Is that what he does? I think so. He compares uh, all the units. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah, I think it's called Face Match, but I think Face Match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean that, and he eventually he basically takes down the whole town's network doesn't it which is insane yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. obviously gets suspended from university um and he's almost at a point where he doesn't care and it's kind of crazy because he's he knows i think he must know he's that intelligent he must know what he's doing and then obviously he basically rips off um army hammer and one of the best cgi moments in modern times if you ask me which is army hammer's twin brother being just him um the old vinkle vi um i don't know if you both know that it's just it's just one guy yeah and they've just I yeah. found that out and I, yeah i was very shocked yeah well it, yeah for Crazy. me i was as well because it, it's just subtle do you know what i mean you, you know you believe that they're two different people and, and mm-hmm. it's almost yeah. seamless to the point you wouldn't you wouldn't know do you know what i mean um and their relationship and, and the kind of developments on those characters and and the fact that he's basically juggling two lawsuits at one stage or another. Um, I think everyone in this is is incredible, including, which shocks me to say this, Justin Timberlake, um, who <laughs> plays the kind of... Was he the Napster boss? I think he yeah, was. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, yeah. Sean Parker, saw, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously he was the one that uh, kind of definitively came up with dropping the the um, from the Facebook, um, which kind of had quite an instrumental impact. And... And then kind of turning him against, you know, Eduardo, which which I kind of thought was was kind of the pivotal part. Simon, what were your kind of feelings on it? Yeah, I liked it as well. <clears throat> I saw it when it was first, when when it was first and I haven't re-watched it, oh, but I found that I know I, I I was I was actually it's kind of weird. Like I found that as I kind of looked back on it, I just I read a few little bits and I yeah pretty much remembered the whole film now after just going oh yeah that that's it <laughs> and i loved the way it was kind of um i liked how it was films where they were doing the law case and then they kind of bounced back a little bit and they yep. told the whole thing so you kind of feel the tension uh oh, man. between yeah, is mark and Eduardo, uh, and then it bounces back and it just i i i just love the way he tells it that way as opposed to just having to open up a 
them being best friends and then yeah. they kind of, you know, how this falling out. And just to talk a little bit, I don't want to get too much into the whole technical end of it, but I was having a look back earlier at a few bits of the film and you were talking about when when Sean Parker kind of comes yeah. in and he breaks up the friendship. It's a thing that I've seen in most of David Fincher's films where he'll put Eduardo, say, and Mark in the same shot all the time. And then when Sean Parker enters, they're never in the same shot anymore. So it's like yeah. he builds his films around, he kind of maps it out that he puts people with certain people to almost trick your mind into thinking, okay, he, he's now friends with him and he doesn't ever really kind of interact with him anymore. And it's just, he's just there's, absolutely there's, fantastic. His yeah, editing he, and he's, how he's it's filmed is unbelievable. Is, it really is. is. Just, and and to, be, to be honest, man, it, it feels like a documentary almost. I, and I know that sounds... You know, I know it's a film, but the way he produces things, um, and I don't know, and I know I'm going to talk about it next week, um, but if you watch Mindhunter, it, it honestly has that same kind of vibe to it. And his style, yeah. and, and Zodiac as well, is, is almost the same. Um, you do feel yeah. you feel so connected with the characters. It just feels like it's, it's play for play exactly what happened. And I'm pretty sure Zuckerberg will deny a lot of the story um, <laughs> because it doesn't paint him in a good light. Not that he really cares because he's, he's one of the richest men of all time. But ultimately, maybe he does care. You know, that's what it's trying to get across. Yeah. That everyone kind of wants to be popular. And, and as, as much as they don't always want to be in the popularity contest, you know, they still care. And Eduardo kind of is the guy you're rooting for and and, and mm. Zuckerberg isn't, but I think it spins it on its head a little bit because you kind of start to appreciate Mark's genius and, and, and then it changes your perspective. I mean, we talked about the script. I mean, the script is insanely good. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not a Swing fan because I haven't really had the time to sit through nine series or whatever it is. Um, yeah, but but I know the famous elements of it, and and I know bits and pieces. But I think most people, uh, one way or another, have have heard of Aaron Sorkin. And if you look at just some of the quotes on it, and and you're talking about the the kind of legal battles before when Mark is completely dismissing the lawyer on and on and on, he's just <laughs> it's incredible. Like it, honestly, at times I was just staggered by it because. It's words that build so much tension in a film, which, although the stakes are quite high, it's not. There's no violence. Do you know what I mean? Like a, yeah. you know, there's no life or death kind of situation. It's just about money, really, and about, I don't know. You know, ultimately, it's about a friendship story. But you know, it's 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 crazy that the script can leave you that tense at times over what isn't. A life or threat kind of situation, life or death kind of situation. So, yeah, that's what what got me. I mean, Luke, anything else real stand out for you in in the film as such? Um, I think I think what you mentioned there about the the, the tension, and um, I think it's definitely worth kind of pointing out the fact that I think in a film it's often kind of easy to get tension across when you're kind of being almost like violent or kind of being angry yeah. aggressive and there's very few times that any of the characters or actors actually do do that and i think 
the fact that we all noticed that it was tense is a testament to like all the performances in the film really because it's quite a subtle anger and you can get across that everyone every, it's, like, it's almost like a bit of a triangle isn't it between it's three passive parties. Aggressive as well. yeah, yeah yeah and i think it's really really important that um and that's why i mean like you said about eisenberg earlier and um, there are people who um you know don't don't take to him too much but it, he has got it in his locker to play a really serious role well um yeah and I think just when just just one like little final point which I want which I did want to make. Um, so I knew I think I knew in the back of my mind, but didn't consciously realise that Fincher was attached in some way to House of Cards. But actually, what made me look back earlier today and kind of have a little Google was I think mm. when you when you watch um, when you watch the Social Network, you can see by the camera shots and almost the quality of the shots. It's very very House of Cards. I feel. Or should I say, House of Cards is very the social network, and that's yeah. kind of his style. It's very crisp, very fresh, almost like minimalist. And you just like lets the like lets the kind of guys on screen do, do the talking and stuff. But I think you can like you can literally tell that it that it is that it kind of the same. Because I mean, I think he's an executive producer in House of Cards, and you can very much tell that he's has like his fingerprints all over that production. It's, almost, it's his, yeah, it's his he directed baby. a few episodes, right? Didn't yeah, he, yeah, he directed yeah. a couple, but I think it's his baby in terms of yeah the whole way it's shot and done. And I yeah. think if you if you watch Mindhunter again, it's that similar vein um, where he he's kind of letting the characters and and tell the story without. I think Mindhunter is less words and, and more kind of, I don't know, more subtlety again even, which is almost incredible. But you're right in this. I mean, the, the, the only moments of, of kind of raised tension are through Eduardo. Um, and the big one in particular is when he goes to, you know, the head office of Facebook um, and smashes the laptop on the desk. Because, um, you know, the whole thing through the film was... You know he's zoned in, he's he's wide in or whatever. Don't interrupt yeah. him because you programmers and and just you know. Whereas he basically he at that point knows he's getting absolutely screwed over, um, and his shares have been watered down to nothing, and his name's pretty much not involved. Despite him initially putting up the algorithm, which is key, and putting forward the money, and the one that maybe you know as a young guy wasn't going around growing the, the brand or growing the, the kind of Facebook as it was it was meant to be done but was still having that impact, you know what I mean? And, and still yeah. pivotal to the founding of it. So that, that scene when he smashes the keyboard and mm. threatens to punch Sean and, and that kind of that, all that tension from there was incredible because it all built up to that. And I think a lot mm. of it in Finch's work, and we'll probably talk about it with the other films, it's the score as well as anything else. Um, and, yeah. You know, I know we're going to talk about Fight Club and Seven and, and, and various others, but I think this, this, the score and the deeper kind of undercurrent in this, there's occasional moments where it's just all about that backing that just builds you up and you don't always need words, you know? I know it's a film with a lot of words, but um, yeah, it's his scores on every film that just really build that tension. Um, yeah, they do, I think yeah. it's I think it's magnificent, to be honest. I think it's... I think for modern depiction of the way things are, you know, we're all avid social media users and i know facebook is now for the grandparents and parents of the world maybe from when i was quite young at uni starting out you know facebook had just been introduced you know what i don't know 12 years ago 13 years ago and so the the buzz was there when i was at uni what's all this and it's not 
shit MySpace where you had to program your own <laughs> homepage. And, you know what I mean? It was a usable yeah. interface and it was it was yeah. exciting. It was different. The other one's just kind of left by the wayside. So I think it's nice that a film has got higher stakes than that and it's about the, the, the kind of financial and the, you know, other elements of it. But I think yeah. it's still a film about Facebook and modern society. You know, those kind of films need to be made. You know, I, I'm big on... And I've talked about them before with the, the modern sci-fi, but like films like her, which is all about the kind of, I don't know, all the kind of the real modern, you know, sci-fi elements, X, X Machina and, and those kind of films where you kind of feel like they might happen in the not so distant future, you know, whereas this yeah. film was really about what was happening, you know, so um yeah, I, I think it's great. Uh, anything from you, Simon? Sorry, man, I'm chatting like crazy. No, no, you're fine. No, I, I think it's um. Pretty much, pretty much agree with all that. I just think it's kind of. I think for people like us, I think people who are like in their kind of mid to late thirties, I think a film like this would be. It's kind of nice for this film to be made because, as you kind of mentioned, we're pretty all in our. We're all like about nineteen-ish when the Facebook was kind of first about. Like I remember yeah. being banded about. So I think it's very interesting just to see how. It, how the film or how Facebook kind of came to be. And I think they, I think just the film used that quite well, but obviously that was just the basics of it. I mean, it's pretty much all about, you know, money, basically picking between vast amount of money and relationships, you know, whether it's with your best, even if it's with your best friend or your girlfriend or friend of yours, it's just basically he's picked that and, you can kind of see that he's not too happy about it, but at the end of the day, he, I think he, if he was to make that pick, he'd probably make that. You know, I think that's why he'd pick each time. But I think, I th- I think someone like Eduardo w- yeah. wouldn't pick that. You know, so it's interesting. Yeah, I think, I think Eduardo would say he's he wouldn't ever abandon his done friend. It. Yeah, he wouldn't wouldn't have betrayed or backstabbed his friend under any circumstances. Exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and I think I think Mark did get led astray, and I think everyone kind of accepts that that he made a poor decision, and I think he accepts that ultimately because when they're in that room and they're kind of trying to have a free speech, but there's lawyers left, right, and centre. You know, he knows he's hurt his friend. Do you know what I mean? And you could feel that. You can um, tell, yeah, yeah. And there's humour in there as well. You know, the the stuff about the chicken. It's, it's hilarious um, you know, where he's saying he's been a cannibal to feeding his chicken and that, that article came out in the local newspaper. And there's elements there that, you know, you just think, Christ, that is like uni. Do you know what I mean? It, I know it's a higher level of intellect than the uni I went to, let's put it that way. But, um, but you know, ultimately, it's just students being students, but they're just super smart ones. And yeah. they're having, a, having you know, the, the lesson or the kind of, you know Bill Gates' speech at one point where he's in the room, you know, and that and and that's crazy to think that he he had that speech from Bill Gates and, and ultimately becomes almost as successful, or if not more so, um, or not more so. Microsoft is, is is monstrous, but you know what I mean. It's 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 crazy because it's it's a different world, um, and a lot of films have been made before about Harvard and, and MIT and those kind of institutes in the states, but not not with such kind of ramifications really. So yeah, yeah. I, I just think, I think it's great. Like we said, it, it really is, is a big take on modern society as well as having 
incredible acting and performances yeah. from from everyone. Yeah. And like I said, the way it's shot, man, you don't even get away from that. It doesn't oh, feel unbelievable. You just feel it's like you're in the yeah. room, you know. Yeah. It is. He's it, just a, such a way of producing things that don't. Do you know I how think it's hard just like, it is to yeah. produce that? It, it looks like it is seamless and easy, but it's beautiful. It's not yeah. easy. He doesn't uh, like. It's kind of like it's filmed like. It almost feels like you don't pay attention to how it's filmed. The fact that it's it's filmed so well that you don't yeah. think about it. But 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 if you actually spend the time and analyze all his all of his technique, you it makes you look at the real world like you're living in a David Fincher film because just <laughs> the way he tracks people and how it's he it's tracks tracking as, people. You're right. As, yeah. as they walk, it moves at their speed, and when they Look, look up. It kind of angles with them, so it makes you feel attached to the person, and you feel like you're there with them. But you don't think about that until you actually yeah. think about it. If you know what I mean, it's a it's no, no, no. Weird. Yeah, you put it better than I did. You, you do feel like you're you're in the third person kind of view of the of the events unfolding in front of you. Do you know what I mean? Whereas films often it depends on the way they're shot you know what i mean you, you look at a, like a, a la la land for instance and and like it or loathe it that or the, the major scenes in that are shot in one take which is is astounding you know um i don't know if whiplash was the same but um i know la la land in, for instance the, the scene at the beginning and some of the major scenes are all shot in one go and, and rehearsed to that point and shot yeah so you only get that you get that very much Hollywood on screen old you school feel, yeah. kind of, kind of get the you know, raw, yeah. viewpoint of things whereas this you, you would get a lot of shots you know uh, where you feel like you're you're just behind the the conversation do you know what I mean you're, you're just in that party next to it um and yeah that's that's hard to do and 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 we're going to talk about other films and I mean, all of his films are shot slightly different, but there's obviously very big similarities. Um, but they all had that kind of incredible way of taking you on the story with them rather than... I don't ever think you get left behind in a Fincher film, if that makes sense. I don't mm. feel like there's lulls. It's so well cut that you just yeah. don't feel like you're ever not involved in the story, you know? Um, that was cool. Um we might run on a bit, but we'll we'll get to Simon's choice and then we'll see how we're going to go because um, there's three films we're going to talk about, but I don't know. There's one film I don't feel like we can miss off and not talk about, so we'll have to decide. Um, if not, there's more, but you know what it's like with these things. So, um, Simon, hit me with your favourite film or choice for this evening. Zodiac, although it was very hard to pick between that and Fight Club for me. Um I kind of went with I went with Zodiac probably because it's the one that I saw the most recently and um I just think it's just a very interesting film to kind of talk about it's just such a it's quite different from any of his other films but it's a it's a topic that most people would at least know a little bit about even if they've never watched the film it's kind of a fairly you know it's Probably one of the most. I think a lot of people have heard of the Zodiac killers, Killer. You know? He's quite. Yeah. yeah. I think he. There's a lot of films that have come in the kind of serial killer guys in in more recent times, and I think most people, I think, have heard of of the Zodiac Killer without maybe knowing that much about it. Yeah. So like the thing about the film that's good is it's it's based on the book that's written by written by Robert Robert Graysmith, who is played by James 
Chilling Hall in the film. So yeah. it's based on true events, but it's kind of from his own opinion. So there is a little bit of bias from the book that is that definitely you feel in the film. But it's yeah. mostly it's based on events that did really that did really happen, but from his point of view. So it's um so that's kind of you know it's definitely interesting from that perspective as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a clever film because it serial killer films, and this is quite a slow burner, you know, I must have to, to say, because I watched this the first time and it absolutely hooked me. But I remember mm. I watched it again um, a few times, but in, unless you're giving it your full attention, I don't think you get the full rewards from it. It's that kind of film that really does require your full attention. And I know it's easy to say, but we just talked about Facebook before and, and social media and everyone's on their phones like me uh, far too often now. And, and it's quite, unless you're in a cinema, I don't think you're always giving something you, you, you full and utmost attention. So I, I, it's one of those films, the first time I watched it, I literally couldn't take my eyes off it for the whole two hours, 45 minutes, running time, whatever it is. Um, and it's such a tense film. I mean, it's got an incredible cast because, you know, at the time, so 2007, Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo, Jake Gyllenhaal, Brian Cox is in it as well. Um, and it's obviously... Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hey dave yeah randy since we founded bombas we've always said our socks underwear and t-shirts are super soft any new ideas maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy wait what i got it bombas absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated wow did we just write an ad yes Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. A kind of film that doesn't, it doesn't rely on, on big personalities. You know, you've got these kind yeah. of big actors in there. So Downey Jr. with a kind of cocksure kind of performance, but but stripped down, you know, and, and I think people, I don't know, people don't differentiate between you know, Robert Downey and, and Tony Stark these days, to be honest, but um, <laughs> it's, it's hard to do. It is hard to do. He's done how many, you know, Marvel films. Um, but the guy can do a lot of different performances and not just the kind of random comedy ones that he does put in now and again on certain films. Um, he He's incredible in this film and him and Jake Gyllenhaal's kind of interplay is, is exceptional and then Ruffalo kind of leads into that and the three of them together whenever they're kind of interacting, just, just kind of incredible for me. Simon, you, I don't know, anything to comment on the, on the specific actors yeah, I mean, or we get story? Yeah, I think the, I think like, as you mentioned, them three kind of would be the biggest 
names. I feel like they were all just kind of hitting their peak about that time as well. Yeah. Um, Jalen Hall just really, because he plays, he's basically playing, a, um, he's like a cartoonist who's yes. working in the newspaper company. Is so it the San Francisco Chronicle, is it? I think, I think it is, yeah. It's or maybe it's what it was before yeah. that, yeah. yeah. And so a letter comes in basically from like a letter comes in. It's and no one knows what it's about. It's um these. It's kind of like a a puzzle that's done by the done by the killer. I don't think they've named it, but that that point and anyway, he kind of takes it upon himself to try and get involved. But he's basically just like me and you. He is no like he's just. A normal no, he's, he's not a detective, he's not got any background. You know, so in it, he's you know no, I mean? but yeah, and he just becomes absolutely hooked on this thing. And he is, I think, to me, the biggest theme of the film and the biggest drive is he's just obsessed with, with figuring out who who the Zodiac is. And I think it's it comes to the you know, yeah. it becomes to the point where he loses his wife, he loses the relationship with his kid and he's just basically spends his entire time living in the past asking like everyone and trying to go back over film cases and there's bits in his apartment where the wall is just filled with you know like all his different time lines and notes and stuff and it just becomes to the point if that point and they don't even know if it's if it was the same person because he kind of comes back then and he murders more people, but they don't even, you know, it's just, and he's just completely just goes mad. And I think just the fact that he's just a normal man and he's doing his best to try and convince people to just give him a little bit more info to the point where he like, he rings up, um, he rings up, um, what's the name of Mark Ruffles? Uh, I can't remember the name of his character, no. but he, you know, like he, rings him at like four in the morning and wakes him up and stuff and he's yeah pop, pops over to his house and annoys his wife and stuff you know and he just gets but um yeah it's the other two can kind of detach themselves from it do you know what i mean yeah it's, it's they kind of Dan Jr. Best is, is, is interested but equally he's not that asked in the same regard <laughs> you know and as much as as yeah ruffalo's character does want to catch him there's no way he's going to go to the lengths that Gyllenhaal does. I think I think you're right. Yeah. For me, Gyllenhaal was kind of coming into his own at this point. So we'd come off the back of, of Rendition and Jarhead. And then you look at some of his more recent performances, Nightcrawler and Prisoners and stuff along those lines. You kind of see where the influence came from. You know, yeah, definitely. It, it, you, can, you can feel a little bit of, actually, that's the point where maybe you realise you didn't want to just be you know, your archetypal good-looking lead. Do you know what I mean? Because he's done yeah. films like that, don't get me wrong. And he did Prince of Persia, which, God, I can't forget. Jesus, <laughs> <Jeez, I> forgot <laughs> about that. My terrible oh, my God. Yeah, yeah and, and, you know, he's done films like that, don't get me wrong, but but equally he's he does, you know, Nightcrawler in particular, just crazy, crazy kind of roles um, where he's pushing himself now. And you kind of feel like it started at this point, if you look at his career past, to be honest. And um, Yeah, I think it so. It feels yeah. like the role got into his mind as much as as much as the character, you know, it, it did. You it do did. feel like, yeah. You can see why, do you know what I mean? You, you really can. I mean, this this film's tense. Look, you see a lot of quite harrowing elements. 
and and you know obviously you see a lot of, of what the the murderer is is ultimately doing but the scene for me and this is the, this the kind of scene stealing scene is the basement scene with Jake Gyllenhaal. I was going to say that Alex, um, yeah, geez, I, 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 I have that one marked it down as I don't, I don't really watch horror Fincher films. Scenes. I don't really watch horror films. It's not my genre as such, but that scene is probably the scaredest, you know, most memorable scene for me in any kind of thriller um, where I was literally on the verge of shitting my kegs, you know? Um, <laughs> do you remember that scene, Luke? Have you watched this film recently or has it been a while? Uh, I haven't watched it recently, but I have seen it a few times. Um, yeah. I I think, just like touching on what you said earlier, I, could, I think when I first watched it, I think I bought it, so I was going through a very big buying DVDs phase and it looked awesome. Oh, yes. like, I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that phase hasn't stopped yet, but that was just the beginning of it. And um, <laughs> I, and I, I just thought, oh, yeah, I like, I like me thrillers. I like me thrillers. So I thought I'd pick that up. And because it, it, it's quite long, which like a lot of a lot of Finch films are, but this is like particularly long, really, isn't it? It's like it's yeah. like ne- nearly three hours long. And three, the first three, time, yeah. I, yeah, the first time I watched it, I kind of wasn't too enamored by it, but kind of it was one of them. I'd bought it. So, you know, a couple of months later, I rewatched it. And from then, I did really, really like it. I think it's... um. It's it is like you say it's very tense, including like the, the run up to the end and like the almost the end scene. Psychological yeah. thriller, really. But yeah. it's about the effects of of the kind of you know of the of the chase really of, of trying to catch that guy. But when he he kind of knows he has him, but he can't prove it. It's yeah. almost the most frustrating. That's the thing, moment, yeah. Like you know? I think in the book, I think he he's convinced it's that guy Arthur yes. Lee. But yes. uh, there's all things with mismatched, mismatched hand writing and yeah. stuff like that that you can't really prove. And he was he was trying to convince the at that that part he was trying to convince the handwriting expert to kind of go back over it. And he asked yeah. him if he maybe he had written it with his bad hand or you know. And it's yeah, just all these little it's, tiny it's things. Really, that got it's really it's the tiny missed. intricacies where yeah it was predating you know, the proper kind of DNA elements of things nowadays and evidence. It's just and, coming into play, wasn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like and and sixties. Yeah, it's late sixties into seventies and, and yeah. yeah, that that is is what the element of it is. It is it's why the story is is so notorious because obviously he's doing things which were horrible, but he, he's 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 enjoying the chase. Do you know what I mean? And he's he's sending these puzzles and and, and the kind of you know the kind of yeah, he's definitely kind feel of like magazines cut out that's his thing universe. isn't it it's, it's his yeah. thing and he, he wants to be caught almost and it's it's that kind of it's a slow burning chase don't get me wrong it's 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 a very slow chase but um, and there's no yeah. ending <laughs> there's no actual <laughs> yeah and, and no people will hate chaos, it for that which is to- people yeah. will hate it for that yeah. you know people that have watched seven and fight club and those kind of films of fincher will go where's my end not just the people that directly affect it's the ones that so i need to watch it again because it's been far too long to be honest um i need to set aside a good evening and, and really enjoy yeah. it um but I, I loved it from the first time i've seen it and every time since i think it's just an absolutely fantastic film um and I, I think it's up there with his finest because it's 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 bold filmmaking you know it, it's not a story that i think other directors would choose to take on not all of them have the the mindset of, of David Fincher, let's be fair. Um, mm. But it's, you know, I think it's a good story that, that needed to be told. And it's the kind of thing that now maybe maybe you'd see it as a as a kind of a three or four parter on a 
like, in a TV thing, you yeah, know, where it's, I think it's, so. it's you, you don't, yeah, for sure. you know, that I think it's gone that way where these kind of things get made, but without the script and the story. So you get you know, Broadchurch is actually really good, and there is the Fall and those kind of things that BBC do, and they're, they're all done quite well. And obviously, the, the Netflix documentaries are, and Netflix stars dramas and stuff are coming in that direction. But yeah, these films don't get really made anymore. Not not like this, I don't think. Um, and I think it's Fincher using his his influence and using his pedigree and, you know, and, and that's what good directors do. They get, they make the stories they, they want to make and tell the stories they want to tell. So yeah. yeah. Good choice, man. Good choice. Um, yeah. There's a lot more to speak about it, but I think we should, I think we could end up getting way too much. It's one it. of those so I think films, that's a good, right? yeah. It's one of those films you could talk about it for weeks if you really yeah. wanted to. It's, it's almost something you could have, well, I think there are podcasts on it, which I don't listen to. You know, the kind of true crime podcasts. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think I should get into those because there's some really interesting ones, apparently. There's and a lot. There yeah, are people that know a lot more about this stuff and all about psychological profiling and all the FBI stuff. And yeah, it's it's one of those films I know we could talk and talk and talk about, but sadly, we don't have that much time <laughs> to do it. I just want um, to mention one more small thing. Go, go, go. Just that fits in with what we were talking about there how i think if that film was made by anybody else they'd have probably added in a big kind of a big kind of action bit at the end of the film and if you remember in yeah. this film they go and see um they go and see dirty harry which is broadly yeah. based on the on that idea where they base the bad person he's it's not actually mentioned in the film but i think he's kind of he's kind of roughly based on the Zodiac and yep. that film has that big action thing I just thought that was a kind of a little interesting play that he kind of did to kind of go here's the film that most people would expect but that's not going to happen in my film kind of thing you know? <laughs> I, I thought it was a, a nice little kind of a, a fuck you to the kind of over the top Hollywood big style action yeah. kind of ending that you'd, that you'd probably expect if you had just read what the film is about you you, you know you think oh action and murder and and all these things so yeah i like that yeah no i'm with it's you. a brave he, he, brave he thing he's a brave director you're right he doesn't do things that maybe the conventional demand of him do you know what i mean it's it's you know in certain films uh like seven you you kind of well, it's a hell of a twist. Um, but you, you kind of know what you're expecting, at least, you know, through the through the film. It's quite, it's not predictable in, in any sense, but it, it's telling you what it's going to tell you. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's giving yeah. you it on a plate. Whereas, and, and I think, you know, Gone Girl more recently, Jesus Christ, that threw me complete sideways. <laughs> I mean, I know people read the book and it's a great book, apparently. Um, but it's a hell of a story to tell. And yeah, I didn't, do you know what? I, I didn't know what to expect watching it. I could watch that film again and it would make me feel as awkward and tense as it did nearly throughout the whole bloody film. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's him for you. He, he's telling stories that, that, that add that level of tension, but then magnify it by about a hundred, really. It's, it's quite remarkable to be honest. Um, 
I, I think. I have a choice. I think, to, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Oh no, yeah. I just thought, just while we were ending on Zodiac, I thought just something I kind of noticed earlier. I think, and it kind of goes back to it. Kind of starts with Zodiac almost and goes back to the whole idea of what like brand Fincher is in terms of films. And I feel like Zodiac kind of starts that off. It's almost like you've got pre-Zodiac where you've got kind of the grittier films, like you say, what you might say is maybe not less tense but a bit different yeah. and zodiac kind of starts the almost what we were talking about before where it's more subtle it's kind of you know like with gone girl and like almost like with social network i think this the actual the people kind of do the talking almost i think i just feel like it's if you look back so i'm just looking now there's kind of gone girl social network zodiac and girl with a dragon tattoo and i kind of mm. almost i kind of feel like they almost feel not like a a quad as as like a um a run of films but they feel mm. very sty- stylistically similar almost and it's almost like yeah. you've got two halves of his career almost um because i think now you can kind of tell what a fincher film is i think especially with me saying between house of cards and social network i think you can kind of get the little feel and that's what's probably most exciting going forward for like david fincher films i imagine um yeah. and that's kind of if something i wanted to, to point project, out yeah. mate, any project gets it's, me excited it, yeah, yeah, it's a banker in it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I just wanted to make banker, that point. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. You, you spot on, mate. He definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely has a style. He's definitely kind of evolved as a director, as as they all do. Um, Absolutely. They all, they all pick up different projects and all occasionally throw you a kind of curveball that surprises you. Um, there was a really good. Um, element on the Empire podcast recently that I listened to, where they were talking about directors doing films completely out of turn and they joked about david fincher doing a romantic comedy uh, <laughs> i would watch I that just, i would I go back thought, and back and back you know, like <laughs> a serial killer falling in love with um i don't know who but it would just be quite hilarious stockholm you know syndrome <laughs> yeah and they were talking about oh what else there's some great ones in there that that were really funny um talking about kind of big action directors um, that sounds like doing, an interesting thing actually yeah doing like animation and you know just things that are completely <laughs> otherworldly to what they do michael already. bay doing a pixar film yeah 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 exactly yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah you can't see it can you so no. um no that made me laugh a lot because i think everyone knows fincher is is in love with the darker elements of stories but occasionally he does do things that, that do surprise i think um curious case of benjamin button Again, a film I think we talked about briefly before that Luke, you were surprised he did actually, which very again, yeah. So was I. Yeah, yeah. I um that that's a good that is a good point in terms of like directors throwing curveballs because um I, I don't know whether it was maybe maybe kind of from the trailer and you kind of just don't I never ever it's never something that had attracted me and I never I would have never put Fincher with it and like it almost have saying like brand fincher i suppose it kind of almost makes you actually want to watch it a a bit because i think he doesn't really drop clangers and you can have like you know your own like difference of opinion on certain films but i think it's always good to see what he's produced because there will always be something in there that's quality whether it be the direction whether it kind of be the performances um, and again of of brad pitt Um, and i probably will now like watch that after finding out earlier today um I, th- I think is, for me, Kate, Kate Blanchett's performance in that is 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 really spectacular. And is it really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I don't I do remember, remember that film. Remember that, yeah. that Well, but she she is always incredible. And Tilda Swinton's in it, and I'm always a big kind of firm believer that anything with Tilda Swinton's always better. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you're right. It's all about Brad Pitt, but I think Blanchett's the performance that takes the eye a bit because she's the one that doesn't 
aged in reverse. She doesn't get that attention, but her character is yeah. the one that has to go through the kind of different journey. So um, mm. I need to rewatch it. It, it, it did surprise me, too, me yeah. it was Fincher. But again, I've probably grown up a little bit as a film watcher in the last 10 years because I think 10 years ago, I probably would have dismissed it as being, you know, that's not my kind of film. Do you know what I mean? Or you know, Yeah, not, I, I definitely oh, did, yeah. I definitely did do that. <laughs> and, I, and I, you know, and I think with, I, obviously IMDb's been around a long time, but I've always been interested in different directors. And I think you could ask anyone, you know, what Spielberg directed and they'll tell you Jurassic Park or E.T. or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And same with Scorsese. But I think yeah. people's understanding of the way films are produced and by who and the cinematographers and stuff that, you know, people are, you know, maybe older than me and it's just come with age a little bit, you know, will have known about all this kind of stuff. But now with more access and instant access to it, and then you get articles by Google in someone's name, you get more information. I think that's where the Internet's really allowed more people to, to kind of aspire to learn a bit more about films and and make it a bit more interesting as far as I'm concerned, because I think it's great that you can just go and it's giving people who maybe didn't get much credit previously now get credit i'm sure yeah i'm sure if you know and i'm not sure about casting directors they probably do but most people in the industry must go on db and see what someone's done rather than just look at their cv these days and say oh yeah they're interested in that or i've seen this well yeah i mean that is you know that is the cv i suppose isn't it almost in a way like we have got access to all their cv and we can go back and just kind of pick at it and that's what's probably so good about especially imdb um I mean, I wouldn't have known, like, I, I kind of will watch a film and I think you automatically just go on your phone and go, oh, I wonder what he's done. And then you'll, you'll see mm. things you've seen and you'll see things you haven't seen. And I think that's what's really, like, really awesome about that as a function, yeah. especially. I put a tweet out yesterday about music and stuff in films and TV where you watch something and you go, fuck, this is great. And you either, you know, go on the app that listens to the track and tells you what it is, or you Google the lyrics and you find it in seconds and then you listen to it. And it's like, Man, that's great. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know a lot of people aren't always about modern tech and all the rest, but I am because you can just get instant access to stuff that triggers. Do you know what I mean? Now, now yeah, it's like sure. you go and watch a film, and we talked about it. Um, we talked about Baby Driver. The soundtrack's incredible on that, and I think I downloaded it the day I watched the film because I was like, well, I like Edgar Wright's music too. So he's obviously got great taste in all of his films, and yeah, um, I'm a massive Scott Pilgrim fan and, and all the kind of stuff around that, but. You just go and go, oh, that track was ace, what was it? Oh, you found it within microseconds, do you know what I mean? And, and yeah, that's yeah. just, it's, yeah, it's no, just, it, is good. It, it connects you to films in a different way than it did previously because, you know, and a lot of people stream and that's well known now and obviously Netflix and I think I'll talk about all that at some point in the future. Um, but now everything's kind of instant access and, and people will watch films and then maybe they'll go to cinema, maybe they won't. Um and there's more access to information and now trailers are a huge thing. Whereas I don't know, they, they were always big, but not to the same degree and social media's changed the perception of it. So I think Fincher films in particular, they, they don't fall on the, the bandwagon of hype and they don't fall in that conventional buzz kind of section. And, and I think when I used to watch them, I used to kind of feel like an individual whereas i know they probably grossed hundreds of millions of times at the box office but they i think they're different films to to Mm -hmm. that kind of buzz film that you get nowadays and that's kind of why i like them because i don't know you don't always want to go to 
than when I watch something truly at the IMAX. I mean, occasionally you do, don't get me wrong, but you, you often want the story to tell itself, and I think that's what yeah, you do. does. You know, um, and so that's what interests me most. But I think what we're going to do, because I talk a lot, clearly, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, is kind of split this into two parts. So it's kind of bite-sized and people don't have to listen for 90 plus minutes and, and stuff. So um, we'll, we'll cut it off here and then come back and release part two, which we're, we're going to talk about shortly, um, and give my choice. And then I think because my choice isn't seven, I think we need to discuss seven because I think it's almost a travesty and stuff not to. And then I got a few nice kind Twitter questions and, and people asking a few bits and pieces, which I wanted to cover because, you know, people made the effort to, to ask those kind of questions. So, so we'll do that. Um, really appreciate everyone listening. Um, I'm sure everyone will agree that two guys made really good choices. Um, and if you haven't really watched a lot of Finch's work, a do before listening to this podcast because it's a shit ton of spoilers um but b you know i really think you should because he defines the kind of thriller genre like nobody else and whenever i always recommended films to people it was pretty much go-to with fincher and then after that was probably someone connected with fincher because if if it's that genre because he's inspired a lot of people and and you can tell when you watch films nowadays like Nightcrawler and Prisoners and, you know, the stuff by Villeneuve that, you know, th- there is that kind of there that was inspired from a director doing it 10, 15, 20 years earlier. So cool. Right. We'll be back for part two. I hope you join us then. Uh, appreciate listening. Stop. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.